Sessionable. Welcome, everyone, to Sessionable. This is weird. Yeah, we haven't done this. <laughs> we haven't done an in-person interview since yeah. pre-COVID. Like this year, have we done? You know, at, This year at all, officially. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're here gathered around a physical table. Mm. We're on location. Um, drinking together. Yeah. For the first time on uh, on air. And we have special guest Tofa with us from Wildflower. Hey, <laughs> thanks for um, scraping the bottom of the barrel and finding someone to yeah, throw yeah. on the live <laughs> the live podcast. We went through like the haven't done a podcast yet list, couldn't find anyone. I think Tofa, I think uh, Adrian just ran an algorithm for like who we just said most, <laughs> and your name came up top. So. It was it was you or Doc. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Patton was up there for a while. He dropped yeah, up, Patton he dropped is. Up yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to be back on the uh, podcast. Thank you for having us, man. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, an un- unofficial sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do know. listen, and, and I kind of wait. I mean, if it's not in the first ten minutes, I stop. <laughs> like there's a, if the drop is in the first ten minutes, then. The amount that I pay you to say <laughs> the name goes down a dollar well, a minute I, after that. I would argue the fact that are you a sponsor of the podcast or is the podcast actually a sponsor of Wildflower <laughs> at this stage? Let's think of it as a, you a know, mutually beneficial, mutually beneficial yeah. relationship. Yeah. My back, I scratch yours. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be really clear, if someone's confused, there is no sponsorship <laughs> happening either way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there's a mutual admiration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have an admiration for what you guys do. Yeah. Straight back at you, bro. Yeah, I can hear from <laughs> what you said. It seems that you guys like it, but yeah. that's great. Anyway. <laughs> so let's start with what we're drinking right now. We're, we've got some silver bullets at the moment. <laughs> um, Magical silver bullets. Yeah. Yeah, which... Um, so I was... I think I was drinking at the brewery when these first came out the first time. And I was just watching them fly out the door, literally fly out the door. It went fast. It was like within two hours, it was sold out. Um, yeah, what, what are we drinking, Tofa? Well, I think this is good that um, we're all drinking the same beer. So, um, firstly, it's I can talk about it for four times as long because you guys don't have to go <laughs> through what each of you are talking about. <laughs> no, um, and, and honestly, uh, we, we're drinking our organic table beer, 2.9%. ABV certified organic house beer. We kind of call it house or table beer, kind of either. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah. So this is um, this is the beer that you've had for a while at the cellar door. So this and was a, a tap only beer for a while, right? Yeah. This yeah. Was, you had this around launch, didn't you? Like, this was yeah. this was launch beer. So well, yeah. for the first year, um, this might surprise many people listening, or even yourselves. So the first year, we didn't sell any beer other than gold, table, or amber. Those are the only three beers that we sold um, wholesale. We wow! In that f- we released our first beers in oh no, so was it April May? I think we did a May release. Or was it April? It was April release was wholesale. Um, mm. Cellar door wasn't open yet. That was just Golden Amber, and then we opened Cellar Door in June of 2017, and that had table on tap as well. A lot. Well, actually, it wasn't on tap. Everything was from bottle. Mm. Um, Golden Amber. And that would have been like when we did the first podcast. That was in between the first release and opening cellar door from memory. Yes, no, actually, no. It was I, I believe it was pre-first release. Because yeah. Oh, really? You didn't have power in the building. Remember, we had to roll up the roller door, and we were sitting out. Was that? 
I think that was the time you just you came just, by just kind of before. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Because we were here till pretty late. Oh, actually, no. Now it's very marked in my memory. Yeah. Um, we had I had to come back and bottle the next day. <laughs> yes. No, I remember that. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how long that episode was, but it was. We got through some drinks. Yeah. It was a long episode. It yeah. was hard. <laughs> was that a two part or did we just like? I think we that? did that as one. No, it was one part. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't here for that. I didn't record that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so actually that night we would well, I I I feel that we would have potentially been drinking table, maybe because we did bottle that. We we definitely first. did gold. I can't remember if we did table. It might have only just been the blend though. Anyway, this is neither here nor there. Well, actually, it kind of is interesting because I guess no, that's actually, where we come I from. Think so you guys were blending that earlier yeah, that day, and we yeah, tried. I think that's right. We tried some blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. because then we we packaged it the next yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, so... And I think about four points during the night, you were like, hey, yeah, we've got to wrap this up. I've got to bottle in the morning. And yeah. then, like, two hours later, you're like, hey, we've got to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. The next morning, Bernadette, my wife, and her sister, Lucy, met me here in the morning. And I had to, like, pass out catnap in the middle of bottling <laughs> the first gold and the first amber on, like, a pallet of malt bags because I was in a lot of pain. <laughs> Your wife and, and, and Lucy kept and, going. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that is the, yeah, I'm sure you won some brandy points on that yeah. one. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is bad. Um, uh, yeah, sorry about that. But be, being a brewer, you got to play hurt. You know, that's kind of part of it um, <laughs> sometimes. Um, you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Yeah. I tell my stuff. <laughs> yeah. So here we have our first plane, which is rare. Um, yeah. I think rare these how's days. It yeah. sounding? Can I just cut it's sounding go through good. it? Yeah, it's okay. sounding good. So it's going to be in the background, but it's rare these days but we'll just keep going so um that's actually taking off um this is we had one of the first three beers that we made and like i said for that first year so we, we released in 17 as well uh florence 2017 at liam's actually wearing the shirt oh, sorry adrian's wearing the shirt um from uh zonzi day that year where we had that on tap so that was in september of Which 2017. Was the time that you're on the podcast as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember we had the the emosis, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, I was just back anyway. I was I had that at Chester King. It would have been this beer. It would have been. Yeah, this table it would have been table beer and um, orange juice yeah. with orange juice. I think that was right. Oh man, that was, oh, that was a good beer. <laughs> that was a good mix. Yeah, we should have done that like, far out. If I was better yeah. planned, I would have had some orange mm. juice for you guys. So well, I mean, like, you should pre-can it with some yeah. uh, orange well, juice in well, it. As well, there's this whole yeah. um, seltzer yeah. thing going on. So. Maybe that's your. Uh, yeah, I have a dream of a shandy bar. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! I told you about that, right? Yeah. No, no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like right there. Yeah. I must describe where that is, but I'm showing you guys. Yeah. So you just have. Have like table beer on tap, and then you have like different like uh, cold press juices. No, oh, just one, my just God. one, just one, it's, just one, and just one juice. Like I don't know, like a juice. gold bar and tea, orange juice. Yeah. Like yeah. you change it up. Yeah. Oh, mango. Serve it yeah. out of a barrel. <laughs> oh gosh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Ambient shandies. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't talk about my dreams and aspirations so wildly. <laughs> Honestly, my very, I very simple life pleasures. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit, man. I just went for a walk around here. I'll see what you're up to. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, we sold Florence 17 that year, but it, we didn't go wholesale. Like the, really, the only keg went to the only kegs. I don't even think they got bottles. Was at Bitter Few for that event. 
So it took until the fruit beers in 2018 for us to really start releasing anything else. We released two single barrels around earlier that, uh, like early 2018, Alpha and, and Beta. And other than that, that was it. So for the first year of the brewery, it was just table, and that was brewery only. And then wholesale was just golden only. Gold, golden amber, sorry. I want to actually ask you about that, actually, because yeah. you, like at the start, you were like focusing on golden amber. What kind of changed your mind to uh, pivot towards fruit referments? Fruit, fruit referments were always part of it. But okay. if, if focusing on gold... Gave the base for that. Yeah. So I think that I think the maybe the concept was more. I'm not going to change how I thought, but like that 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 is still the main thing that we focus on. And really, for me, our best barrels go to the blends. You know, I'm not saying the beers that go to the fruit beers are not as good, but they're not. They're generally not not as. Um, maybe they don't care the aroma profile that some of the other ones do. They, they're better suited in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, is that so? It really is like those really good barrels that. Bit wasted in, in some yeah, of those they, fruit beers. They, well, not wasted, but they can become the hidden. Nuances will become quite yeah, 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 yeah. And that's also one of the reasons that our blends are still pretty small, like like in barrel in volume. So yeah. like we're we're still maxing out at would be a six barrel blend would be the biggest, and they're generally around four or five because um, we find once you just I mean I could I could eat my words in a few years, but, um, but currently on, yeah. honestly no, and we do find I mean, sometimes there's been six barrel blends that are. You can really see individual elements and things like that, but that's the why we go into small format oak. You know, if we just wanted volume, we would be there wouldn't be any small oak in there. It would be all fudras now. You yeah, know? all which there are four, but um, you get a lot of character out of each individual barrel. So, so yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons um, that it stays small. And 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 I think yeah, I mean they can just get hidden in a way that you go, oh, that was a really cool yeah. element, and now it's not showing up. Um, it's not going to be detrimental to it, but um, yeah, yeah. But it's like okay. it's not using that barrel in its best light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of following up on that, uh, one of the I remember one of the like when you when you opened up, one of the really thing I think one of the things you were excited to see, and I think everyone was excited to see, was these blends, especially those two beers, gold and amber. Mm-hmm. How would they change over time? What would they? How would they evolve? It's you know. Uh, a number of years later, and you're still going with those beers. How, how, what, how do you think? How do, how do you feel about their like evolution and the change? Yeah, have, have they have they changed radically? Like, is it still the same beer mm. in your mind? How do you like? What do you think about that? I guess there's probably two ways to answer that question, and probably told through the the two beers themselves. Yeah. So they have changed. Um, yeah, and I think amber is the is the most stark example of that. If you go back to the early blends, so I'd say probably like one through four of amber, um, you'll see less color, a lot less color mm-hmm. than we have now, probably a decent whack more acidity, and potentially like not as much mid-palate flavor mm-hmm. um, than what you see in the, in the blends now. Um, and that has a large port. The main reason why that's changed is because of someone that you guys all know and if you've been to the brewery you know but Luke Luke Hipper who came and started um helping us at Wildfire in July of 17 so really really even before we opened cellar door but started to um help bottling and he uh has a different palate than me his background's in wine um so anyway now it's been over three years he's been with us but 
his background's in wine and he's really um, helped us like kind of look for different things that were missing in the amber yeah. and, and build that, that palette out. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think amber now is, is a much better beer than it was when it started. Now, that being said, we've had some customers coming in each week, um, some, some locals since post-COVID, another plane taking off. Um, Post-COVID, some other customers coming in and drinking through our seller list. And if you don't know, there is one here at the brewery. We don't really advertise it much, but we have a, a lot of beer, beer that we've released previously cold and, and ready to go if, if, if you want to come here and have, a, have something old or new. Um, and it's been really interesting to see like those those kind of harsher flavors that we mm-hmm. initially thought were there. Like those have softened over time yeah. in the bottle. So, yeah. so they're drinking they're drinking well regardless. Um, so they have changed. Gold less so. Probably um, very similar recipe. Yeah. Um, like almost the exact same. We've increased the raw wheat just a touch. So from like thirty percent to like thirty five percent. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um, I but, thought I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How, I, I was telling you guys that. <laughs> um, calculated BUs would be basically the same, and the hop loads themselves are pretty much the exact same. Um, obviously, different harvest crop years as, as they go, but that one's been pretty stable. Yeah. Um, but in that, and I think this this goes for the amber as well. In having a uh, a recipe that we'd enjoyed, it's really encouraged us to go the next step, mm-hmm. which is instead of saying, oh, "Okay, this type of malt, this type of hop, it, or this type of wheat, whatever it is," um, to then say this varietal of of malt, uh, of barley, this varietal of wheat, the way that that wheat or barley is grown, particularly, and, and hops as well, which we're working on, and we could tell that story through Waratah, I suppose. But um, we, I think I, I, I'll be honest, like, I think it fluked out. Like, we 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 started making gold. I'd obviously been, I had been working on kind of saison-y kind of things for a while, and so that recipe was always kind of floating around in my head. But by no means did I know it was going to create the flavors that it does. Yeah. Um, and and I think I mean the recipe could have been different, and it still would create different flavors. And gold would just be a different beer. I, I'm I'm not saying that it's it's you know perfect. It's no. not consummate, or and, and no, nor is it um, immutable. Like it, it it likely will evolve still. Yeah. But um, in thinking about uh, how to make that beer better in its own kind of four walls that it has, that is what probably made us driving down the road a bit more towards. Farming and 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 or or like particularly regenerative organic farming, um, and kind of deepening the meaning and 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 the the kind of quality of raw materials that we get from our own state of New South Wales, which, yeah. which was always the case. I mean, the, the malt, malt the, the cereals have always been from here in New South Wales. The hops, not yet. Um, but you know, when you put yourself in a in a in a square or in a box, as it, as it were. Um, there's not many ways, yeah, how, you know, yeah, like that kind of restriction has created a different kind of um, uh, evol- evolution of the beers to answer the question. So there's those two things. Yes, they have changed a little bit, but also I think that their their roots have gone deeper, like literally as well, I guess. Yeah. I think it was a pretty good um, segue into um, well, sort of the two topics that we were, we were um, going to talk about. One was the, you know... Um, Especially the, the the drive for the organic um, malt that you've got in this mm. um, in this table beer, and then um, this time of year you generally do 
Waratah yeah. as well, and that's obviously big shame because of uh, circumstances out of your control. Yeah. Um, not going to happen in the same capacity, but um, so Waratah Day, yeah, Waratah Day, yeah, yeah, Waratah, yeah, 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 Waratah, Waratah Day, sorry, yeah. is, is not, you know, but yeah, well, what, what's what's happening with Waratah this year? Well, we've just released it. We have a bottle here if we'd like oh. to, uh, to open it. Um, the first um, edition of Waratah was brewed in 20, 2017, so that first year that we were brewing. Um, and the beer was actually conceptualized by Stu from, from Voyager. Not, not to go too... I, I, I won't go too deep into it, but just... He rang me to say, hey, there's this new hop grower in Bamboka, so Bega Valley, New South Wales they'll have a small small crop this year do you guys want to use that with new south wales malt and maybe you could use you know not only new south wales yeast um and we could use that to make an entirely new south welsh beer and i was like yeah fuck yeah like i'm in yeah um so uh we brewed that first in 17 and then released released that beer um later on that same year there's a bit of confusion with with the years of of waratah because usually they get released in the, now they get released in, in the year previous to their brewing year yep. um but anyway that's quite confusing so so 19 this year this year's 20 and the release is 19 yes yes <laughs> yes yes and and the 20 which is now um fermenting uh yep. will be released next, next year, year 2021. the 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 harvest year is the indication yes um whereas and and i guess that that follows with with the fruit beers to be honest the saints it's the harvest year, not necessarily the year we brewed the base beer for those, for those, because many of them are older before they see that fruit. But um, Stu conceptualized it. So in 17, 18, 19, and now 20, we've made this beer um, using entirely New South Wales grains, uh, entirely New South Wales hops, and entirely New South Wales yeast as well. So this is a, it, it sits apart from the golden amber um, in, in the matter that it's, it's, it's fermented only with native cultures. Um, and uh, it also sets apart in the sense that it's it's fermented only with uh, it's brewed only with New South Wales hops. So having that connection with Stu from Voyager um, encouraged me um, to start thinking more about the the provenance, let's say, of of our malt. Although that was always part of the plan, as it were, with, with the brewery. Um, we kind of deepened those relationships just with Stu. And then it's no it's no small secret that I have a, like a severe passion for wine, um, and um, through that world started getting pushed. It was actually a, a, a great friend and winemaker James Erskine from Yama Wines who we were having uh, drinks one night, or I can't remember where we were, and he just encouraged me. He said, "Well, why, why isn't it, why isn't your malt organic? You know, like haven't you looked at this? Have you know? not in a pejorative, downputting way? It was really actually quite uplifting and really gave me lots of resources to think about. And it, and it just struck me. I was like, actually, shit, why isn't it? So you know, there I was next day looking for organic malt, and um, the only stuff that you can get is from is from Germany." Um, which of course the Germans step ahead of everyone. Um, we'll we'll agree with that. Um, well, not necessarily in all things, but anyway, the Germans and <laughs> when 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 it comes to um, yeah, it comes to getting getting booze. Yeah, well, get, getting Be- booze beer stuff. But yeah. but also, also very green. They, they're, oh, yeah, the incredibly are green. Really green, and that's yeah. a big. Um, it's a it's a big thing over there. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I can't even remember. Tom, you, uh, yeah, you would know better than I. But I've heard some insane amount of the German market is certified organic. Um, there's lo- lots of certified organics. You you have like, and you, you see them here in in Australia. But like, there's almost another market for like 
shops that are just organic, mm. like only sell organic stuff. Like there's a you know, um, it's a it's a that's a big deal. The recycling is off the chain. Like, mm. but yeah, in terms of organic stuff, it's a it's a real. Um, I think it's a real driver in the German market, and yeah. so I'm not surprised at all that yeah, yeah the Did you environment. Did you remember certified organic beers while you were there? Um, it wasn't something I was looking out for at the time. Um, so. You were just looking for smoked beers, basically. <laughs> smoke, smoke beers. Where smoke yeah, fire and that's it. <laughs> what if we make you a smoked organic beer? I mean, is that going to be oh, pretty next level, mate? <laughs> Tell you what, though, that um, table beer is quite effervescent. It's a bubbly boy. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it. That's part of it. Oh, I didn't. Even, anyway, yeah. so um, I didn't. I didn't even see the connection at that time between. Um, conventional farming and greenhouse gas emissions mm-hmm. and not to th- there's a lot of resources out there if you're interested in that um, and and uh, I'd be more than happy to, to send those your way if you're interested so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that aside for the moment um, but it did start dawning on me like hey actually how are we treating the earth and you know being a city dweller we often think about our our consumptive practices mm-hmm. you know Pre-COVID, it was a pretty good idea to bring a keep cup around. You know, it just made you think about your choices. Yeah, and it started to. Th- I started to think about it from a from a brewery perspective and like a business perspective and a company perspective and like a hey, when my daughter grows up perspective, what am I gonna look at her in the eye and tell her that yeah, we were part of that or what were we doing or what you know because hindsight is is so clear, and I feel that in 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 twenty or thirty years, these some of these practices that are not widely adopted now will be, you know, part and parcel. Yeah. And be like, why, why did it take so long to to do this? And and I'm not suggesting that organics alone is 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 going to be an answer for that. But particularly in kind of the the trend of farming that we were um, connected with through this grower that that Stu kind of from Voyager found um, was w- would loosely be called regenerative farming, where where farmers are are looking after their soil and thinking about that as as the as the primary thing to 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 grow and, and to upkeep um in order to to harvest a crop um if you're looking after your soil health and your soil microbiology there's there's no way that you're going to be spraying um pesticides or herbicides on that on the on your crop so the organic kind of comes as a as a default of of um looking after your soil health but um it was it was through Stu and through this beer that we started working with um, Chris and Sam Greenwood, who um, knock knock. Hopefully, I'll be out there next week or the week after to be harvesting um, our second crop of, of barley. But went out in um, in February of 2018. Um, sorry, February of 2019. Um, and so, um, heritage varietal barley, um, a schooner varietal. Um, barley on their on their um, property, and we harvested that uh, so yeah, Novemberish in 2019. Went through dormancy, um, and then it was malted sort of around February of 2020. And since then, February March 2020, um, all of our beer uh, has been made with their malt um, and also their uh, their wheat because they were growing a, a soft red wheat. Um, on their property, so our entire cereals are sourced from a single farm now, um, and it's a certified organic but also regenerative farm, and that is what gave us the ability to make the table beer that we started with. And for me, um, one of the reasons I wanted to finally release that beer to the public because I guess that's how we got started in this conversation, which was that initially that was that was only offered at cellar door, and I I love it. Um, there were people that really really liked it, but 
we we probably weren't able to keep it fresh enough because of you know we were we weren't um selling like heaps of kegs of it because people would see like a 2.9 percent beer and not not think it was uh much enough um to, to come by but if you knew then people enjoyed it mm-hmm. um but with their malt um every keg we bought went like that so yeah, i don't know if, yeah, you know <laughs> well i didn't really sell many kegs yeah. i guess but oh, I, got, um, I, I guess i could have yeah you did you did you even got a keg of the of the lager beer yeah <laughs> uh, did we get a keg or i think you did yeah i think we might have I yeah think you did that was, was oh, one. i love that beer. whole different <laughs> that was, different story that was a good beer as well um but uh, when when their malt started to come, you know, we started to use it. Um, I kind of thought it to myself like we've we're we're we're, we're merely, merely the producer. Like we just kind of mix up all the ingredients. We're not the, the the primary producers at all. And we can start using this this malt and 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 just you know in a few years when it starts coming out, kind of talk about the the people that are that are actually making their beer, which is Sam and Chris. Greenwood out in Colliambly. Um but I said to myself, well, maybe this is a great time to have a have a beer that that um we can tell that story through now. Um something that's a bit fresher. And and it also, I mean, it talks to me like during COVID, like I don't know about you guys and this is quite unhealthy, but like my daily consumption went up. You know, you were having yeah. a beer every day because you were home and I I was reaching for, you know, things that I had, which were like bottles of wine or yeah. even five or six percent um, beers and I'm kind of like I, I just kind of I saw myself leaning towards um, you know bringing home bits of table beer bottles of table beer from the brewery and I thought actually I, I reckon there's people out there that want more low alcohol beers and the the way that our yeast interacts with um, a, a low alcohol beer like a, a low alcohol wort stream allows it to give in a really nice body um, so you can have a full feeling, especially with the effervescence. It's a really yeah. important part of, yeah. of this little alcohol beer. Um, you don't feel, it doesn't feel thin or watery at like in the slightest at all. Um, and, and so, uh, all these things kind of coming together and then also finally wearing down East Coast Canning, the, the, the canning company, cause, um, th- th- there was absolutely no way I was going to hand, um, can this, um, wearing them down to be able to, to work out a process whereby, they have an entirely different seals kit, and 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 uh, so every soft part in the entire machine, three and a half hours is broken down before, and then three and a half hours rebuilt after, offsite after packaging our beer, and we've had um, zero cross contamination, like lab tested, um, for the three times that we've done that when when they're canning off water as well, not, not even beer later. So, um, they've been able to 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 have like a really clean process that allows this to be done in a way that doesn't kind of affect anyone else in the industry which is also an, an issue for me i was thinking like oh yeah. i don't want to be using this mobile yeah, canner and then everyone yeah, else's yeah. beer and then goes, everyone else's yeah goes, goes <laughs> funky oh my gosh yeah, yeah. yeah every no. beer becomes a wildfire beer. Yeah. <laughs> i mean yes please <laughs> heaps of canned mixed culture <laughs> nipas yeah. yeah um so i i kind of want to bring you back there what what are the things you just said was about the yeast you know, kind of even even in the low alcohol beer, treating mm. it with a really good body. Is there space for you to enter the no alcohol <laughs> space, like the point five percent? It's can it not a desire. Can, for can me. it happen? I, I, okay, yeah. there's no desire. Okay, fair. Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 make you a batch yourself if you want, and you can you can, you can we can let you know how it is. Like. What if it's the best thing ever? Yeah, no alcohol table yeah. beer. I mean. Well, I would, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like a whole milk kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, like if you're gonna just do don't it, have milk if you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two point nine percent's already basically alcohol free. Right? It's it's very right. close. Yeah, I wouldn't feed it to my daughter still, and she's yeah. three, but or my son for a while. Yeah, he's one. But um, um, yeah, I, it's not a desire at this stage. Fair. Um, yeah. Um, you tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like when I have organic table beer at home, I'm like I'm less drunk when I finish it than when I start. So. <laughs> I. One before we before we opened, I had a keg of this with uh, some friends. We were we were at a property, and I strapped the keg to the back of like one of those um, one of those like John Deere Gators that you drive around. Anyway, yeah. and we were in the bottom of it was in a was an ice bucket, so we were just driving around in these different places and just keep going. It was impossible to get drunk on that. But we drank it all day, <laughs> and you end up having to pee more yeah. than you can actually like. Like it's it's actually I actually think it might be physically possible, um, which is a great thing. Yeah, uh, and and, and I think yeah, that, I mean, also talking about like it, it the the fact that um, uh, the, the, there's like a frugalness that comes with. I, I suppose um, we can't just go out and get heaps more of this malt, right? Like we can't just go order it from a supplier and say, Hey, I need another 10 ton. Mm. Like you know, I wouldn't use 10 ton in a year, but um, there is a, there is a limited amount and we're actually running up against that now. Um, and thankfully the people that we started this whole project with um, and who are collaborators in this beer batch brewing company, who I think there's some conflict of interest. If we talk about them now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually used more of the malt than I had projected, this organic malt than I had projected this year. And so Chris um, Sidwa, the, one of the owners of Batch, said, oh, you know, Toby, you can have a few, like a bit more of mine. That way you can have that continuity of using that same malt this whole year. I, I was really shocked. Like, and, and that's the first time I think I've ever had to, and I suppose it's probably the first time for any craft brewer, if they were going to, to kind of have to schedule out your yeah. your malt ahead of time. You know, you do that with hops. Sometimes we yeah. contract yeah. out. Um, but now bringing that concept back in and, and you know, Chris, uh, the farmer, Chris um, uh, Greenwood called me before planting this year and goes, you know, how much how much do you need, you know, in not next year, but the one after, you know, answer that question. Well, like, yeah, I mean, you kind of like, yeah. I, well, it's pretty easy for me. I don't want to grow that much. So I was like, <laughs> hey, pretty much this year, maybe, yeah, give or take 10%. Um, give me one more pallet than what I had. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I like, like this, there, with table beer, that plays on both sides in like this efficiency of using your raw materials. And there's, there's, a, there's also an efficiency of, of, of consumption. Like, not efficient, like a super high alcohol, so you get more drunk the opposite way. And that like being moderate about how you yeah. consume and, 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 and mindful, I suppose of that. Um, unfortunately at the moment, I mean, fortunately, cause the hops are banging, but, um, unfortunately at the moment, the hops, the only certified organic hops that we could source from the Southern hemisphere come from New Zealand. Um, so we bought, um, all of the, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that because it makes me seem really greedy, but um, <laughs> all, all of the certified organic Motueka that came into the States, uh, sorry, wow, I'm, I'm in Australia, I've been here for 11 Australia. years, yeah, into yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, the and, states and of Australia, yeah, yeah, we've got states. You know. we, that won't last us till next year. Um, yeah. So I, I, I also can't like just turn a, turn a, flip a switch and, and, more, and start yeah. making heaps more um organic table beer and so from from both of those perspectives from like the efficiency of the raw materials the uh, the 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 grown materials as well and the efficient like the kind of 
frugalness, frugality of the consumption. Um, It it just, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I kind of tossed a lot back and forth, like, you know, what what is putting a mixed culture beer in cans, say, or what does that say about our brand? Or what is that, you know, does that mark a, whoa, you know, they're doing canned beer now, you know, next thing, hazy IPA, whatever. Like, who knows what people say out there? Um, and, and I kind of came to the idea, I kind of came to the conclusion that this is actually so in line with everything that we do and everything yeah. that we've yeah. talked about yeah, from yeah. Day Dot. And if there was, if if cans had been a thing during the era of what sort of this, like, now kind of um, uh, probably, f- like, falsely thought of era of Cezanne, you know, farmhouse workers yeah. in the field, like... I suppose it wasn't quite as idyllic as we assumed it to be, but if there had been cans during that idyllic time instead of bottles, I'm pretty sure Grisette would be in cans. You know, like I, yeah. like that would that is the format for mm-hmm. this style yeah. of 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 moderate consumption. Um, so silver bullets. So yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So so it's it's been really really fun to have, and um, it's been really rewarding in the sense that a lot of people have been excited to drink mixed culture beer um and, and and because it's a format that's really accessible and then also from the other side which i guess um i know you guys have talked about on the podcast but not everyone here was like the the, the pricing of that like we we don't we, yeah. it's not a it's it's not a we're not making i mean I, like we we cover our costs we, i guess we make yeah. money in that sense but it was really important to me that the beer was the the like the value of the beer was was in um, accordance with the the cost of it, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and and while I value the very very highly, I wanted it to be table wine, price. table yeah. loaf, table beer. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the big things when the table beer came out in cans. Was everyone was talking about the price point and how affordable it was, and I think that contributed to how quickly it sold that first time. Yeah, I mean, like I'm young. Like all of my friends, we're price sensitive. Yeah. Like. I wish I could make all of my beer that price. Yeah, I, I, I can't because of the time and things like that. But Chris and I, Chris and my brother-in-law, I'm a business partner. When we started the brewery, like when I was telling Chris about you know what the beers that I wanted to make and the styles and then the time associated with that, the way that we built our pricing wasn't based on the the the, the cost of production. Like our beers always been priced on the what we think it's worth like the value and then we kind of have to scale i suppose um how like we have to kind of make the metrics work then so we say well this beer isn't worth more than you know w- would i literally show up to the bottle shop and pay this this amount and, and that that's how we did it and we okay so we went we i guess if you're a business-minded person not to use jargon because i don't actually know too much of it but people have told me that's like a like a like a like a top-down approach rather than a bottom-up. Bottom-up would be saying, "What are my costs? What are my costs? What are my yeah. costs?" Now that doesn't mean that there's like these huge margins between yeah. between the production costs and, and the value, but but and that's the same thing that we did when we you know released this beer because it's a different format, different beer. All of these things were 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 new about it, and we just went, "Well, well, what what when our mates go to the bottle shop and they want to buy one, are we going to feel like?" Oh, like sorry, it was like a bit expensive, you know, to yeah. buy that. Or we're gonna be like, no, that that's like we think that's a really fair price. And then our mates would be buying that yeah. beer at the at the bottle shop. It was essentially that. And I was on the phone with Sam Greenwood today, Chris's wife, um, and she was calling up like wanting to buy uh, slabs of table beer to send to different families, yeah. <laughs> family friends, things like that. That's awesome. 
and I knew in my heart of hearts, like what, like, like obviously I'll give her a discount because she's a friend, and 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 it's her malt that goes into yeah, it. Yeah. Wouldn't but, be the bee without it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like I need to like take this like massive discount off. Like what she she would be paying to be sending that to those friends is like is the real cost, and yeah. like and like the, I'm 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 proud to be able to offer it at that yeah. price. Yeah. So. I I don't I yeah I think because because I'm young and 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 I've always been price sensitive in the beer world because looking over at Tom and Liam and I were having yeah. this conversation yesterday we probably in some ways grew up well our craft beer journeys are all been like kind of at the similar yeah. you guys are probably a bit ahead of me but buying beer at the same time yeah. and thinking about like you know beers that come in from overseas mm-hmm. are really expensive and then they like don't match your expectations or whatever like all those things that were beers that i couldn't access and that that that's not what this is yeah. you know and, and anyway so i think price has always been a big thing for me like in the, probably i mean thinking about the the evolution of the brewery like it's always been a, a, a uh yeah like I, I guess a motif that we've always really considered um throughout the whole time trying to keep the beers what what we think that they're worth but i always think like i mean i think when the first time the table beer cans came out it was like it was a Sunday when I was like, fuck, I want to get some table beer. So like on my home, I just stopped by PMV. And I think I got the last four pack and the girl behind the counter was a little upset because I think she was eyeing that off. Rookie <laughs> 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 error. You, if you're eyeing it off, you take it out of the... You, you, you hide um, it. <laughs> but then like, you know, like I, I, I look at like equivalent bottles of wine that have a similar palate weight to what I would drink a wildflower and the price of those. And like, I think it's, they're very well priced beers. Mm. Like, yeah. We've um, we've spoken a lot about, you know, what you've, sort of the evolution of the brewery from, you know, from back when we first spoke to you and and, and, and how that's all grown up and and talking a bit about the current stuff you're doing. Um, Before we started recording, you took us on a little bit of a tour of, um, you've got a new space Mm. um, and... uh, you seem to have a, a couple of plans, a couple of you know things that you're, you're looking at doing. Anything? What's fun? What, what's up on the on the horizon for Wildflower? What can you say? What, mean, can, yeah, you, what can you I say? Mean, honestly, just what like, are you allowed to say? What scoops? Yeah. yeah. What scoop are you going to yeah. get? Right now? No. <laughs> no, I mean, There's I'm like I'm, 10 in there, so I'm super <laughs> I'm super open. Like you guys know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of things. I guess some of them we've we've talked about, or I've talked about before, but nothing has been yeah kind of released from that. So. Um, probably the biggest one, and I think something we've been kind of edging towards or kind of uh, pushing towards since the beginning was is spontaneous beer. Yeah. Um, so there's a good number of barrels of um, of beer that was brewed up at Mountain Culture. DJ and Harriet are really close friends of Bernadette's and I. Um, and uh, yeah, we we made some spontaneous beer up there in our cool ship this year, um, and it's fermenting um, down here in barrel. So that'll be really exciting. Maybe mm-hmm. in I don't know, a Who year and a half, yeah. two years. I have no clue when we'll start releasing that. Um, that's really exciting um, and, and quite fun. I don't know. There's a seller. I guess that's an exciting thing. Uh, yeah, we'll be yeah. adding to that. What was the other yeah. thing? Um, uh, the, oh, the there's, other fermentation room? Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a, there's a Koji room, which, again, I, I don't, I don't, that's not a very good secret. Um, I don't try to keep it a secret, but I've become really interested in, uh, through through a number of oh God, I, over three years ago, we, I kind of dabbled in koji fermentation for making some soy sauce or shoyu um, with a couple friends. Uh, God, I think it would have been twenty eighteen. Um, 
and uh, unfortunately, both of the barrels of soy sauce that we made that year didn't didn't make it um, for two different reasons. But we won't go into that now. Um, and since then, I have just been interested in the ability of this this um, spore uh, to to go through sacrification. So um, koji koji essentially replaces the malting step in in a, in a grain. So koji can can ferment. Uh, sorry, it has. Uh, Enzymes. It makes available enzymes. Oh, the fermentation is really complicated. So I should just be careful. <laughs> no, go my, into my, it. My go into it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, do it. It it can convert starch to sugar. Um, so the reason you can't take raw barley and put it in a beer mash and expect to make beer is because um, raw barley contains starches. Yeast can only consume sugar. Saccharomyces can only consume sugar. So the the, the barley gets germinated. Um, at the malt at the malt house, which is essentially just wetting it, like steeping it in water, faking the seed, which because it's a barley seed, faking it out, thinking it's it's About it's in the ground, it's yeah. going to grow, and so it does. It starts growing, it starts growing a little rootlet, which is why the malt houses keep moving the seed around so that those rootlets don't mat each other up, and it becomes like one big, like clump. one huge yeah. clump of things. So they keep moving, keep moving, and the rootlet grows, and then at some stage during that germination process, uh, um. So it's soaked and it's dried out. It starts to germinate, and then that gets halted. The germination kind of the monster kind of rudely stunts the growth of that seed um, by by warming it yeah. with 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 some sort of hot air or smoke, um, as they would in Bamberg. Um, and uh, then that malt is sorry. Then that seed is now malted, and during the germination process, the there are enzymes in the seed naturally occurring that that convert starch to sugar and then make the sugar available for the seed to use to grow them it, itself it, their own fuel, plant fuel for the, for the seed exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so that that's in the brewing world but obviously that's a very western tradition brewing itself mm-hmm. and um in uh that's such a this is such a broad stroke and i really hate using these terms but in certain areas uh, around the world um I guess more specifically in an Eastern tradition, um, there uh, there was a knowledge of of different um, spores, like different strains of Aspergillus, that um, would kind of conduct the same thing, but not needing the the um, they don't require the the uh, wetting of the seed and then the drying of the seed. So it's actually way less energy intensive as well. Um, but in order to to convert starch to sugar, and obviously we have a product very well known in the world that is an alcoholic product that's made in that process, which is sake. So that's taking carbohydrates in polished rice. Um, you can do it with unpolished rice; it just gives different flavors. Um, and uh, it, introducing um, like very very pure cultures of of koji to a small portion of that rice. Um, grow that koji it's a it's like a dry fermentation i suppose like and how we think about fermentation in the booze world we always think of like bubbling and things like that. this is this is totally different this is like watching mold grow on 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 a piece of fruit yeah. um that makes it sound gross but it's like that yeah um so it's you like that but nice yeah yeah exactly and it smells awesome and it's and it's white it's not yeah. like green and black uh well, actually there's all kinds of colors i'll be yeah. honest there's brown and all <laughs> kinds of anyway um so yeah, you, you, there, for each different grain, there's different ways of preparation. But you can kind of um, th- through this process for rice, you inoculate a small portion of it, you grow the koji on it, and then um, it becomes koji 
our English language really breaks down when it when you're trying to describe koji fermentations because we just don't have the right we just don't have yeah. all the words to talk about each each pro- step in the process. And then um, uh, because my knowledge of sake production is 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 raw, I'll tell you how I know it to to, to go from here. But um, I could completely be uh, incorrect for certain processes. I'll, I'll be honest. But um, you take that small inoculative portion of koji um, and and you mix it um, in in a, a portion of water with more steamed rice, so that hasn't gone through um, the koji mm-hmm. fermentation. But the amylase, the enzymes that you made in the initial koji fermentation, are active and parallel in that same fermentation with the steam rice in the water. So what you get is you get Saccharomyces, which you also introduce at that stage, converting the sugars from um, the koji fermentation, changing the starch to sugar in yeah. both that initial inoculated growth as well as, as the, the, new the new stuff. And then you continually step in that up in different proportions for each different blender and, and brewery in... In in okay. well, I guess in, I guess we're yeah. talking about sake, so we're talking about Japan. But um, I always love that they're like when I went to Japan the first time, and it was like all these breweries around. I was like, oh my god, of course it's grain. Yeah, like 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 that that is a really 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 close product to to beer. Yeah, um, sake yeah. is, and um, so I just became intrigued by it from that perspective. Now, when I found out that soy sauce was barrel aged, I was like, well. I mean, we've, we've got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 that was probably the the kind of leader for that. But um, I, I guess I'm I'm interested in it because of Koji's fermentation, uh, Koji's ability to 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 go through sacrification on raw grains um, of a whole variety, like a huge, 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 huge spectrum, which really opens the door to uh, experimentation with with native grains or or native seeds. Um, and while we haven't done uh, much inoculation with native seeds here at the brewery yet, we're still trying to get our heads around koji fermentation. It's something I'm really interested in. You know, I think, I guess if we're talking about the the, the, the brewery, you know, mm. let's talk about this. We, we 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 make grain beverages yeah. essentially. Um, convert grain into other into, into drinks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 there is a way that you know, talking about waratah, like. We could, I could talk about this date, this this beer for hours and hours and hours, and we've just distilled a huge story, mm-hmm. and 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 people and and place and process into one one bottle, um, and we could probably continue that story with 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 other grains, talk about other places, and there is this really beautiful ability of of booze particularly to bring people together and to talk about it, and and yep. um, which is one of the reasons we have we have had Waratah Day since the beginning. Um, is this ability to kind of like share conversation and, and, and kind of build a community a, a, around this idea of regenerative agriculture, you know, as it is now. But um, wh- where else can that go? I mean, why should we limit ourselves, I guess, suppose with, with barley alone? I, I guess if you're a really beer-forward person and, and, and um, that's all uh, you really enjoy drinking, that's not to say that our, our, our brewery is going to stop doing that at some stage mm. in the future by any means. I mean, the... The the I, I I sort of question the 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 future of this product that we make called beer, um, and I question whether if we want to be truly Australian, whether it it should be made with introduced species of barley is introduced species, hops are introduced species, and I do wonder about what that would look like if we were making something that was like native grain or Australia. I mean, we call it yeah. Australian wild ale. Yeah. Um, yeah. What 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 again? We're in this box. Well, let's keep going. Let's keep digging. Mm. You know, yeah. and and hopefully that wouldn't even be called beer. 
Um, but I also don't have any idea that that's going to happen in, in, in my lifetime, yeah. genuinely. Um, have you ever done any researching on like Aboriginal fermented well, beverages? I think it's a good time to, oh, to spruik. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it was last Waratah Day, right? Yeah, Max, Max Allen. Allen. Yeah. yeah. yeah had, a, had a great talk. And it's I think it, that's finally, his research has finally been... Published, published. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his yeah. book is called um, Intoxicated. Yeah, yeah, 10 Drinks That Straight yeah, Australia. Yeah. It's a great read. It's it's really, really great. Um, but yeah, there was a history of fermentation, on of alcoholic fermentation. There is a history of alcoholic fermentation that predates colonialism in, this, in Australia. And th- this idea that, uh, you know, um, the Aboriginal people of Australia didn't consume alcohol or had some sort of genetic predisposition to not be able to to, to consume it is fucking Sorry, bullshit. Just, it's been yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, completely uh, whitewashed history. Um, and uh, interestingly, some of those, and this is, Max told this story at Waratah Day last year, but interestingly, one of those fermentations in Western Australia utilizes Banksia flowers um, uh, to um, both start the fermentations as the inoculants and also the sugar source for yeah. those fermentations, um, which I found out, you know, that would have been over a year after we would have had this first conversation. And since that time, it's really struck me that, like, we've, you know, as an expat to this country, not knowing a huge amount of the history and now knowing a little bit more, but not much more, I kind of fell upon this culture of fermentation that is like, oh, I don't know, 58,000 years uh, more uh, deep than Lambic. Yeah. <laughs> like that's we a, like yeah, like like su- suck about yeah. Belgium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 I spoke, you know, we walked over there before and we were looking at so the big food of of water drops. Yeah. And yeah. you know, water drops is a is a beer we made last year and and we'll, we'll I I'll hope to continue making that. I kind of keep think to myself, well, yeah, that's cool making yeah. spontaneous beer. And I genuinely it is a it is a a a, a life's desire to do that. Um but I keep kind of think, keep coming back to like, well, actually, we've got this whole history that's actually deeper, richer, so and when, potentially so when the Belgians better. To, <laughs> like, like, when the Belgians try to copy it, do they have to call it Waratah style style beers? Oh or? yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, you should start um, the committee now. To, yeah, <laughs> or like Waddle, yeah, flower ferment um, beers. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll have the. Uh, <laughs> we could go too far with this. We should stop before we start. <laughs> I was like, um, the one thing with the the koji stuff I was really interested in because like I've used koji at home, but um, not for for brewing with. Like, um, I use koji as a, a marinade oh, for, for cooking. Yeah. Look at this. Master Chef. Have, so, you done, um, have you done chicken wings with the koji? I've done chicken breasts, oh, okay. but I don't have my koji anymore. So I yeah. found, like, about a, two years ago, a guy. There's a guy in Queensland. Yep. Yeah, rice cultures. Yeah, so I yeah, bought yeah. some of him, made the slurry at home, and I Man, kept it in my no fridge. Clue. And That's I was awesome. um, marinating, like, like, stuff like chicken breasts. And, like, yeah. even if you marinate for, like, an hour. Oh man! And then cook it. It's like has Next such a level. rich soy sauce. It's like yeah. you've marinated in soy sauce for like two days. Yeah. But um. So you you were buying like koji rice and then yeah. like pulverizing it and using it as like a. No, as, like, I was a... just making a slurry and like uh, yeah, right. with water and then putting it in like a like a container and just leaving it open man. like a loose lid on, on the on the on the on the kitchen bench for a couple of days and you see it starts to ferment. You are. And then I would keep it in the fridge as like a slurry and then do that for the marinade, but um. 
uh, my that housemates were doing a mad cleanup, and they thought oh, there was no. like this like off rice in the fridge, and they chucked it out. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. no. They were that wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I have a whole room well, dedicated. Well, that's why I was saying I got quite excited when I saw that. <laughs> oh, you yeah. can have a bag of coaching. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I lost the price. I lost, is right. You I, can lost have my, um, I lost my I lost my Oh, you could definitely have that. I mean, that 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 has been a really fun part about making the koji for a uh, kind of a alcoholic back like thought you know to create produce things but it's actually been a really fun experiment that has kind of it's 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 married uh, a desire i have for like a love i have for food with that of of drinks and and taught me so many things but also it's been so much fun talking to like you know, when I go to res- some of the restaurants that we sell to now, mm. I'm like, you know, there's the psalm or whoever the drinks bar is. I'm like, oh, there's your beer. And then straight to the kitchen, like, oh, this is what we did with the koji this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the chefs now, you know? And because and really what we're doing here is, you know, brewing. Like, it, it yeah. is just some sort of food, food preparation at, yeah. at some stage. And uh, it's been really fun from that aspect because, I mean, man, if you're, I mean, because they're really hot and on Netflix right now, but if you walk in to Farador right now, they're going to serve you. A, well, on one part of their meal, I don't know which part it is because yeah. I haven't been. Um, but is a is is a waddle seed miso. Um, if when 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 Jacques on when Jacques on Frio had Arana um, pop up here in yeah. Adelaide, koji was used like in a number of elements through that with native native um, ingredients. It is it is really obviously Noma made it popular, but it was, it was yeah. very very well known. Um, before then, and obviously, like practiced in the. Easy, but why like, does it like, take like expats to drive these <laughs> yeah. use of native? Lennox Hasty is is Aussie, but yeah, but like, there's a lot of non-Australians who have, like, you know, yeah. even Nova like did more right. than other people, and they're not the only ones. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I don't. Uh, well, Do I don't know. That's some of interesting. Us just take it for take it for granted, yeah. and we don't we don't care to look into it a little bit more, or. And people coming into the country a bit more open to to reading about what, it. What Australia offers as a unique thing from the rest of the world because they've yeah. I I think that's a. I, I think this is a different podcast. Yeah. It is no, it, it, <laughs> quite deep, but, yeah, but yeah. also like I don't feel I'm knowledgeable enough to answer that question. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. Why don't we take a quick break, uh, pour the next beer, and then come back for some recommendations and maybe just talk a bit about sure. beer generally? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Love yeah. It. Awesome. Sessionable. Hey Tofik, is it alright if we talk about the Waratah first? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah How good was that Waratah? Yeah, so we got so encapsulated with that conversation that we just were we drank all our Waratah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk we about like, it. Yeah. We like yeah, we, we we poured it, but we didn't talk about no, it. No, it was um it was fantastic. It was just uh yeah, I, I love Waratah every year and that um was one of the one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Not just Waratahs, but yeah. I think one, one of the best beers. I've well, had. it has that like classic marzipani character that Waratah has, but I don't know. Like as I was drinking it, as I was warming up, I was getting a lot of orange wine vibes, and I'm not sure if you if you were going for that, but just where I, it went. I, I loved also, it. I, the and and tying into that a bit, the color from the moment you poured it, it was just this vibrant, yeah, orange gold, mm. um, and it just popped in the glass. It was yeah. I actually really like some nice, like like a touch of caramelization on the on the malt character, mm. which is like really interesting. Yeah, we use some Vienna in in Waratah, yeah, which right. we don't in in gold. Yeah, um, it's also lower ABV, like it's a lower 
Plato were it. Um, so yeah, I mean, this year it finished at uh, it finished at five point five, but that's just because it fermented further down. Um, but yeah, like it, it, we, I use that kind of malt to kind of help maintain that mm. level of body. But the idea for Waratah was always like a somewhere between table and gold, somewhere that like you know like a paddock crusher, like it, you know yeah. it should be yeah. where where it was grown. Um, thank you. Like and I, we we the first year released Waratah didn't have that much time in barrel. And then we held some in barrel for the next year, and we're like, oh, actually, it's it's a bit better. Um, wh- one of the risks in doing a single batch of beer all in barrel and then putting that back together later, so not blending of different ages, mm-hmm. is you you can pick up a lot of oak. And so um, this beer, I think, shows the oak really really well. It's and I think that there's a there's a kind of homey aspect to that for yep. those of us that have drank mixed culture or barrel aged beers for a long time. Um, the the this the oak that we generally have in the brewery based on the the winemakers that we get our oak from, a lot of them are French oak, really really fine toast and from really good coopers. So it kind of shows this like a limey oak. It's an uplifting rather than a, like a vanilla pulling down yeah, kind of one. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, mm. and 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 it, that this this beer really showcases that well, yeah. and and that kind of matches quite well with the culture and its citrusy character in any way. Um, no, we love it too. So. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's beautiful. But again, if you ask me another question, I'll go for half an hour. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, why don't we um, yeah. ask him another question? Yeah. Well, well, why don't we why don't we talk about? Um, you've just bought us another beer as well. Mm. Oh, so this is like a kind of um, throwback. This uh, is meta. It's a throwback from the first episode. This, that a, we did. this yeah. is a yeah callback. Uh, yeah, yeah. So when we first talked to you, we had a memento mori wine. Mm-hmm. Um, Staring at the sun, staring yeah, the sun. staring at yeah, the yeah. sun, which was bloody great. Yeah, mm. and this is taste. This beer is tasting a lot like that wine. I wonder Can you why. Tell us <laughs> <it>? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a bit of. It's a bit fun because, yeah, I, I wanted to pour this beer, even though it's probably been in bottle for upwards of eight, eight or nine months now, but we haven't released it yet. I guess in in making beer, there's been a lot of amazing opportunities that I've been able to. To, to be at or, or take part in um and and one of those was at a uh was pouring our beer before we released the first um release ever uh at a restaurant in hobart called franklin which now has closed um but uh they had a, a wine festival which year called rootstock oh, sorry rootstock was the other one sorry <laughs> Bottle tops. Um, thank you. Uh, also, R.I.P. Rootstock. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Bottle tops. Um, and and we were pouring this beer, and um, it was it was after the pod, we had recorded this podcast. And Dane, um, who's the winemaker at at um, Memento Mori, and it's very much his his project, and his then partner and now wife Hannah um, were there, and uh, we just had this really nice evening with them later, um, just sitting on the ground at this, like, really amazing restaurant, literally just, like, sitting on the floor in the back, just, like, really, really late at night, just drinking beers and wine and just had this really, really nice uh, connection with them that's grown into a, a, a really nice friendship. And we've been down to their place, and, and, and when Dane's up, he, he, he's, he we, we catch up as well. And um, I think in probably hearkening back a little bit to this um, efficiency I talked about with the table beer. I have uh, like a series of 
collaborations. Actually, most of my collaborations come from using other people's byproducts, like what they're getting rid of, like other amazing producers, mm -hmm. people I really respect. And I kind of go, hey, like what, what happens to that when you're done with it? And um, actually, come to think of it, that's pretty much pretty much all of them are like that, like someone else's. Um, and uh, so this beer was born out of um, uh, wanting to do something with the skins. So uh, the, the, the skins that Dane uses to make um, his orange wine, uh, his kind of more uh, spring, or sorry, I guess the fall orange wine. So um, staring at the sun or fistful of flowers, depending on when, when we get the skins in, it has changed over the years, which, which wine we get, uh, which skins we get. But he does like a sort of a three to four week maceration of these white wine grapes that are uh, fermented and macerated on the skins. So like a red wine, um, in terms of how you'd ferment on the skins in a red to get the pigment and the color, because obviously you can have a Blanc de Noir, you can, you can make a white wine from, from red wine grapes if you do a direct press. Um, you can make what is commonly known as an, as an orange wine, I guess maybe more particularly should be a skin contact white wine, um, by fermenting white wine grape skins on, uh, in with the juice for a number of weeks um, or days a weeks, and you get a lot of texture and a lot of aroma from those skins. Um, but we, we found through a collaboration with um, Brash Higgins, uh, who uh, Brad Hickey is another American expat in um, the McLaren Vale, who makes a, a skin contact white wine um, in Amphora. And we took his skins after making his orange wine, and we've macerated that with beer. That's called Zabirbo. We've made that a few years. It's delicious. One of my um, favorite. Thank you. <laughs> um, that we get so much flavor from these skins. You know, say, he's I'm just like he's just like blown away by how much compost. how much character there is left in those skins. Yeah, mm. especially the nose. I mean, across the palate, it's really cool. But the, these beers with Dane, I don't know. I guess this is this is probably a bit of a scoop. But um, these beers will eventually be released under a different label. Um, so it's not necessarily Wildflower. It's not necessarily Memento Mori, because this whole like idea of collaboration as a i guess it was more it was more rife when people could travel yeah but you know this like emailing of of recipes back and forth and then you kind of show up for a picture day and someone gets really boozed at someone else's brewery and then you know it's a nap in the grain bed or yeah something and then like the that. the yeah i've done that uh, <laughs> the, the um the the two brands are thrown together on a label and uh, this is not sliding any of my friends who do collaborations or, any, or anyone does that but this idea of collaboration i think i think in a good way is kind of dying in the beer world i don't know maybe this could link into the like that just just you know the brand alignment collaboration yeah. i i don't see i don't see that as much anymore maybe i'm not in the market as much but um both Dan and I were kind of like, oh, that's not really why we're doing this. So um, these beers will be released under a different label, and and the the, the profits for these will, will be donated to some to to an sort of elected charity each time. So um, we've done we've done a number of them. Mm. I think three or four, but they, they they've been tending to to sit in barrel uh, sit in bottle for a long time. One of the reasons it's not under the wildflower wildflower label is because it's not our yeast. So we we actually bring the skins in, and we we don't pitch yeast at all we just this we just we just skins. we just put wort into them and allow them to ferment so um you will get a different character um and you guys can taste that now um hard to describe what i'm talking about now but um you will get a different character in these beers and i think after alpha which was the first one we released and that had a that had a um uh it was the only wildfire beer i would say that has not that that that, that had a cultivated kind of um 
you know, like a, a cultivated uh, yeast comp- composition in that one. And after releasing that beer, um, you know, was this 2018, early 2018? I was like, actually, no. Wildflower beers are from either our culture or entirely native New South Wales cultures. And that's how it's been since then. Yeah. So this is, this is Victorian fruit. And so it's not our culture. So it doesn't doesn't fit under under our. I think it's cool that you're still creating a way like to be able to release these beers because yeah, it doesn't fall under the your guidelines of what a wildflower beer is, but they're still fucking awesome to drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Let's yeah. have some more if you, if, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so, so I was um, going to play devil's advocate and say, and say why is it a collab if you're just taking his byproduct. Well, why is it or why isn't it? Why, Sorry. why do you see it as a collab if you're just taking his, his skins and, and fermenting it? And I, I'm not saying I... Oh, like, 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 like what's yeah. his... Pro- well, I mean, yes, obviously, prep it. And, and um, like, it, it is a bit more work for, for, for him to do it. Um, but and also, the, it's his the, culture. Well, it's, it's he's his bringing yeast. the culture as well, yeah, right? And, yeah. And, and it's his process that carries the story and makes it possible. Like, yeah. I couldn't make this beer just with the straight... Moscato Giallo, Vermentino, um, Fiano grapes that he gets for that. Um, it, the, through making his wine, it brings out the aroma profiles that we get in this beer. So it's his process, his and Hannah's, sorry, together. Yeah. Their process that that creates, I mean, I call it a byproduct, but that's a, that's an input for me in the yeah. same way that, I mean, you could, you could look at, uh, you, you, we don't, but you could look at, barley is like a byproduct to creating seed again yeah you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose yeah. um maybe just because it's categorized as that doesn't mean it, it can't be value add um that's a good point yeah yeah on the on a similar topic you've been doing a collaboration with a winery recently especially after the the devastating uh bushfires of uh, end of last year can you talk a, b- a little bit about that yeah, definitely. So um, another really close friend in the industry who's kind of come about through making booze is, is Brian Martin. Brian um, is the winemaker at Ravensworth Wines um, in Murren Bateman. And uh, uh, I know Liam knows Brian. I'm not sure if you guys have met Brian. but I, I've met him a couple of times, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like he's my... He's a good guy. Like, he's like, <laughs> Brian's I, a legend. He yeah. is a legend. Um, he's like someone I can really nerd out with on... Yeah. Food and fermentation. He is an excellent chef. I mean, like, oh, really? cook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he wrote for the Canberra Times about food for years. Oh, wow! I, didn't I was know that. I yeah. was googling something about Kobayashi, like you know the dried bonito, mm. and then it's like a Brian Martin article from Good Food, like in two thousand eight. I'm like, oh god, I'm so behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, he he's just a really really lovely person and become a very very close friend. Um, and so this year when, uh, when the fires were not only happening, but also it became, it was becoming increasingly apparent that the Canberra region wines were, were basically going to be wiped out. Yeah. Um, they were getting smoke tainted, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, I mean the, the, yeah, they were just, they just got pumped by, by smoke. Um, and, uh, if, if you're interested in reading more about smoke taint, just, just, just Google smoke taint, um. Australia or something like that, and and you, there'll be so much information for you there. But the way that that aroma comes across, flavor and aroma comes across in wine is is particularly un uh, unappealing. Um, and so many winemakers um, uh, just would would essentially pick the fruit and and take it out of the vineyard so it doesn't rot in the vineyard, so you don't get the 
disease in the vineyard. Um, but it would it's a, it's a it is essentially waste at that stage because to crush it and to make wine with it, you would make an alcoholic product that's very uh, quite unappealing um, to drink. Yeah. yeah, it can be really like it, it can really range. Like there's all kinds of compounds, but yeah, I mean you know think cigarettes, but like just straight charcoal. I mean it, it's not great. Um, in 2018, the second year we made Florence, uh, we actually made the St. Florence Pinot Noir that year and the Savion Blanc that year with smoke tainted grapes. Um, there was a fire on Mount Canobles in 2018 that um, affected that fruit. So the vineyard at that stage wasn't going to be using a lot of their reds um, to make wine. So we actually used that in, in the Flow Pinot in 2018, just thinking to myself, well, I'll see what happens. Um, and it wasn't, and still isn't, a, a really present flavor aroma. In, in the, I mean, it wasn't. I didn't actually talk about it at the time. I'm not sure why. Uh, it, it, it wasn't for like. Um, you know, I wasn't hiding it. It was pretty clear. Yeah. Maybe it is on the blog post. Who knows? We'll go back to the blog post and read. <laughs> um, but I, it was interesting to me at that time that oh, okay, like cool. If there's ever a fire again, note that again. Yeah. Um, we can use the grapes. Well. In case you forgot, it was a real big there fucking some, fire this year. There were a few year. fires, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so uh, when it became apparent that, that the um, Canberra region was going to get wiped out, Brian and I were actually out at dinner um, and uh, one of my favorite places. We were at Polly, which is like an absolute right. favorite. Yeah. Um, and he was up and he had gotten his results, some of his results, like sort of a few days before. Um, and it was it was like, yeah, okay. Testing def- for smoke. Definitely def- def- testing for the, yeah, the the load of of kind of of smoke taint um and it it was like okay yeah we're not gonna be making wine this year and it was just immediate like okay well like how much beer do you want to make was the only (laughs) question i asked and i was like big grin he's like this is knowing if you know brian you need to look at me let's let's do all of it and i was like (laughs) yes this is why i love you (laughs) you're the best so at like literally you know call over to jules who's the song like can i have a pen and paper and sitting there like okay how many tons of this do you have okay how many you know like going through how many kilos of each grape he has and then started to kind of put together this plan about a kind of a dual stage approach about some of the some of the how we're going to use this fruit um, Did you take all of his fruit? We picked the entire vineyard. Yeah. How many kilos of fruit was that? It was a lot in the end. Yeah, but also, be- it was, it was. Um, I'm not saying a number because I don't know exactly not right yet, now. Yeah. Um, not because I'm trying to be coy. Um, it was under 10 ton. Um, but like say it was over, f- over four. It was somewhere between there, let's yeah. say. It's a lot more It's a lot. Fruit. It's a lot of fruit. <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. So we did a couple of things. Um I was worried that if we, you know, initial idea was like, cool, let's just brew wort at Bent Spoke, bring it up sanitarily. Um, Richard Watkins is also a good friend. Um, bring it up sanitarily, and we'll just we'll just put wort on the fruit and just leave it. You know, like you know, full thing that year. But then I realized, well, actually, that's probably the reason that the aroma comes out the most is through native fermentations. So we want to get a good healthy Saccharomyces load in the beer before. Yeah, before it sees the fruit, because um, it, it's the fruit. When you look at it, it's not like it's not burnt; like it looks perfect. Yeah, but it's through, and you, if you taste it, you can't taste it. It's through the fermentation that, that the smoke out. tank comes no, out. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. So hence why he's got to send it away to be tested and exactly. Like so yeah. they do micro ferments, the AWRI, and like yeah. So it was crazy. It was a really busy year for the AWRI, um, Australian Wine Research Institute yeah. in Adelaide. So yeah, they do micro ferments and then test the micro, the you know. Um, organic compounds in the microferments. But um, th- th- we 
uh, we brought some of the fruit back here to the brewery um, for some of the so some of the smaller um, varietals that he has. So Pinot Grigio, Gewurz. We picked those and brought them back to Sydney to macerate and re-ferment with aged beer, as we do normally for our St. Um, Florence and Walter yeah. now beers. So how do you um, transport the fruit? The fruit uh, is pretty easy. Um, you, we have these like big nally bins. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. you yeah. grain out yeah. into. Yeah. Um, so like a big plastic bin. It looks like a big fruit bin. Yeah. And then the brewery is what the spent grain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen them out and yeah. about at breweries, but uh, the fruit goes into those, and then we usually use a liner um, to be able to kind of. Um, seal in CO2 yeah. in that so it's like a, a big plastic bag basically inside of that that then the fruit goes into and then we, we wrap it up and we either put like dry ice which is like um, like we, which is straight CO2 so it just kind of slowly ekes out CO2 it actually starts carbonic macerating in the bins yeah. heaps of winemakers yeah. actually make yeah. ferments in those bins as well yeah 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 um, anyway so then and then we just, just put it on the back of a truck yeah, drive I was worried up, like about the temperature trailer. of getting it back, but well, the, the, it's the been dry, sitting out in thirty-five degree heat for the rest of the for yeah. the rest of the year, I suppose. So. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> different fruits we treat differently, so yeah. I'll, I will say that. Um, and I mean, generally, if you read the blog post, I'll tell you how we do it. Again, Just no smoking mirrors. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, have, we'll have links to the blog <laughs> right wow. in there. Um, and then, but but the, the majority of the fruit actually stayed down at Ravensworth, and so um, we picked the fruit. Um, and put it into stainless steel VCs there, a variable capacity, stainless steel fermenters. Um, and then Brian started a carbonic maceration, so he he um, he put that uh, put some CO2 in there and then just kind of let it sit, allowed the native fermentation to start. Um, to like a Beaujolais. As we normally do. Yeah, and that's our kind of normal style. Yeah. I do like, even in this year with the smoke, it's still like I wanted to bring the microbiology of that vineyard yeah. into the beers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't just want it to be smashed by our house culture. Yeah. But at the same time, we brewed up um, beer here and fermented it here um, and then put it into totes and sent that down to Ravensworth. Oh. And uh, about two weeks later, he racked that beer onto the fruit. Yeah. And then the fruit lied there with the beer for six months. So yeah, because wow. he's not made any wine that year he's got all his gear there with nothing to do so yeah i mean the first time you could send me the other way to to do it exactly Ah, i mean and and yeah everything uh like everything on the table it was done in a different shed with different palms and like brian didn't he's this brand new winery and and cellar our beer didn't touch that (laughs) Um, um like so then yeah actually last week or earlier last week it was it was actually election day like u.s election day so last Tuesday, I was there racking the beer off the fruit back into totes. And isn't it still um, election day? <laughs> no, yeah. it's well decided. We'll leave that, that for that, another podcast. That, that probably doesn't even date when we exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad thing. Twenty twenty seven. As long as it's not January twenty 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 yeah, when, so. when you when you'll release this. Yeah. It's oh, election day God. right up to inauguration yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so yeah. so that and then and then that 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 beer we will we will bottle again different label. Uh, I haven't kind of figured out how that's going to work, but um, that'll be something we'll release sometime next year as kind of a sweet. I'd say those beers that we made here with those the Saint beers from his fruit and the ones that we made down there with his fruit, yes. yeah, with you know, young beer, and those would be kind of coming to, together all all in one go. So we'd have this this big fiery beer. A thon, yeah. Um, Some you love it, mate. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Smoked mixed culture yeah. fruit beer. I mean, what else do you yeah. want? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting seeing that. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's interesting seeing the, how it comes across in the beer. It's it, it is more apparent in the Murren Bateman stuff than, yeah. than any of anything we've ever done before. Um, but it's it's not that it's not how it looks yeah. in, in wine by any means. That's really so interesting. It's, yeah. it is it is quite interesting. It's, it's really cool. I'm I'm yeah. really proud to do something with that. Yeah. All right. Um, should we start wrapping stuff up? Yeah, let's wrap up. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground, <laughs> as we always do with you, Topher. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I know. This is great. This is great. I just came for the beers, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> just came to came to chill and talk about beer with mates. Topher, how can people find you on the internet? Um, wildflowerbeer dot com, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, yeah. Instagram. It's actually like you have like a lot of good documentation hmm. on. Your that blog is, I think, that's process. an under underappreciated resource. It's, like, it's a actually lot like I, haven't been, I haven't been appreciating it to its full. Wow, yeah. so I, 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 I man! I remember when you were blogging like before you had the brewery. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were yeah, 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 blog. Yeah. yeah, it's still there. Yeah, you can go look at it. Yeah, well, I, I haven't done anything with stuff. it. Yeah, that was my old Twitter handle too. Oh, it was. Yeah, back when everyone used Twitter. Yeah, farmhouse beer blog. Oh yeah, farmhouse beer blog. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and as always, you can find us at um, sessionable.net. That's us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for being here.